It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. A young boy in Cheviot, Ohio, endured an unthinkable nightmare for three years at the hands of the people who were supposed to love and care for him. Beginning when he was just 10 years old, the boy was tortured and abused by his stepmother, Amy Rodriguez Dangle. On Monday, a jury in Hamilton County found Rodriguez Dangle guilty of four of the 11 endangering children counts. The 46-year-old woman was found guilty of forcing the boy to lean against a wall with just his fingertips for hours on end, and even forcing him to remain in an imaginary square in his room for days at a time using video cameras to monitor him. She was also convicted of malnourishing the boy and not providing him with the proper amount of food. The prosecution alleged other horrific forms of torture on which she was acquitted. The defense claimed that the boy was unruly and that the punishments were a response to his actions and behavior. Susan and Armin Rodriguez, the parents of Amy Rodriguez Dangle, both faced one count of child endangerment and complicity, though they were acquitted. Anthony Dangle, the father of the boy and the husband of Rodriguez Dangle, has been accused of knowing of the abuse and doing nothing to intervene. He is being charged separately. Rodriguez Dangle is scheduled to be sentenced on December 5th, where she could face up to 27 years in prison. Joining me back on the podcast to provide the shocking details of this heartbreaking case is Fox 19 anchor and the host of Cincinnati's Crime Vault podcast, Jessica Schmidt. So this was a case that really came on our radar a couple of years ago. And from the very beginning, we knew that this man, Anthony Dangle, and his wife, Amy Rodriguez Dangle, were both accused of endangering children. And Amy Rodriguez Dangle specifically was accused of abusing her stepson for a period of three years from the time the boy was 10 years old to 13 years old. And prosecutors, investigators had told us that that abuse included things like beating the boy with spoons and with belts, forcing him to stand isolated in a room for hours on end, not giving him food, using food sometimes as a punishment, putting restraints on him, forcing him to sit on a bench. And then we learned during the trial as well that there were also some accusations that the boy had been forced to wear a diaper at times, that he wasn't allowed to have access to the restroom. So a lot of allegations there. And it was not long after we learned about these allegations against Amy Rodriguez Dangle that we found out her parents, Susan and Armin Rodriguez, were also accused of continuing this same abuse at their home, apparently for Amy's request. Now, of course, we did just have a trial. And during that trial, Amy Rodriguez Dangle and both of her parents, Susan and Armin, were on trial. Anthony Dangle, the father, was not on trial. And at the end of it, the jury found Amy guilty of four of her 11 counts of endangering children. And Susan and Armin were acquitted of the charges against them, which did include endangering children and complicity. As for Anthony Dangle, he has not been on trial yet. In fact, he actually testified during the trial that just happened. And so we are now expecting that he is going to take some sort of a plea deal in this case. 
And Emily, one thing I do want to mention as well that really caught the attention of the community was when we first found out about these accusations, Anthony was actually a lieutenant with a local fire department here, and Amy had worked there at some point too. Now, they've both, of course, since been fired from that position. But that was something that a lot of people in the community were pretty upset about is, you know, how is someone who works as as a first responder allowing this kind of abuse to happen to his son and in his home? Now, again, he's not been convicted at this point, but that did lead to a petition. We had almost 700 people sign that petition to get him removed from the fire department, which, again, did end up happening. Neither one of them work there now. Jessica, the prosecution also alleged other horrific forms of torture, which the mom was found not guilty. In addition, the defense claimed that this behavior was justified because the boy was unruly. Can you go into a little more detail? Because just the behavior that they were found guilty for is so it's just so reprehensible. So the thought that there was something even more severe and the thought that there would be an actual articulated argument that this was somehow justified is so disheartening. Can you elaborate a little on that? Yeah. So throughout the trial and there were several different defense attorneys because each of the defendants being Amy Arman and Susan did have their own attorneys presenting their own arguments. But something we did hear consistently from the defense was that this this alleged victim which we now know to be a victim in this case based on the verdict, but this victim had acted out and that he would lie and he would manipulate and he would change stories. And so the argument that we heard from some of the defense attorneys was, you know, they had to find ways to discipline him and punish him because he just wasn't listening. But the prosecutors did fight back on that quite a bit, Emily. I mean, they would say that, yes, there were times the victim admitted to lying. There were times that he said that he was scared to tell the truth, but that regardless of any behavior that he had, this was never an appropriate way to respond. This was never an appropriate way to discipline him. And we heard, too, from some therapists and some mental health professionals and other just medical professionals who took the stand in this case. And some of them reiterated that they had actually told Amy to approach this victim with compassion and patience and understanding. And they said they were devastated when they found out about these accusations and that she had apparently taken this in a completely different direction. What is the sentencing she's looking at? Well, that's a good question. So we're not exactly sure. Prosecutors haven't clarified for us at this point what she could face now, because the sentences they told us from the beginning were, you know, if she had been found guilty, convicted of all 11 counts. And now that she's only been found guilty of four, we're hoping that they're going to give us some clarification on what that could look like. Now, we know that Anthony looked at originally a three-year maximum sentence. Not sure how that could change based on his plea. And at the beginning, Amy did face a maximum sentence of 88 years in prison. But again, now knowing that she was found guilty of four counts versus all 11, we anticipate that sentence will certainly drop, that maximum sentence will drop. But they have not clarified for us quite yet what that could look like. We do know, though, Amy is set to be sentenced on December 5th. Do we have any insight at all into the jury, into the jury deliberations? Has any juror been interviewed as to why they did not find her guilty on the remainder of those 11 counts and also Susan and Armin um, and, and the entire constellation? Because when you look at sort of all that was charged, there's actually a minority of it is what actually was convicted. 
Right, right. Well, we ourselves have not heard from any jurors so far in this case. I know the judge made it clear, of course, that both prosecutors and defense attorneys could speak with any jurors who were willing to. At this point in time, they have not shared any of that information with us, the prosecutors or the defense attorneys. And I presume that's because they still have Anthony Dangle's case on the line here, so they may not want to share too much. But at this point, we don't really know. We don't know what led the jurors to come to this ultimate conclusion. Again, finding Amy guilty of four counts and finding her two parents, the step-grandparents of this victim, not guilty of either of the two charges that they were facing. Hopefully, though, Emily, we will get some answers because I think that's a question a lot of people have. We're going to take a quick break. More from our guest after this. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Where is the boy now? Yeah, so the victim in this case now is actually with his biological mother's family. Now, his mother did die in 2016, and that's why he ended up living with Anthony Dangle, his father, his biological father, and his stepmother, Amy Rodriguez Dangle. So he has since been in the care, since all of this came to light, he's been in the care of his biological mom's family. And I actually learned this year that one of his uncles has adopted him, formally adopted him. And one of his aunts told me that he is doing incredibly well. She said they are just amazed by the way that he has recovered from this, both physically and mentally. And she said that they are just thrilled to have him as part of the family. It feels like their family is whole again. It's just so heartbreaking that they weren't able to be with him since the beginning. You know, um, Anthony testified against Amy in court. What did he say in the trial? He did testify against her. And I'll say this. He didn't go into as many details as we might have expected, but he did basically confirm what some of the prosecution had said and that he did think that some of Amy's punishments were too severe or seemed too harsh at times. But he didn't really give us as many details as some of the other people who took the stand, like the victim himself or the victim's younger brother. So we did anticipate that Anthony was going to take the stand and we knew that that was going to be a big part of this trial. And we know that it's going to play a factor in what ends up happening with his case and the charge that he's facing. But the biggest takeaway, honestly, Emily, is just that he did confirm that there were some punishments that he felt were too severe, like the victim being forced to stand alone in a room or being isolated or not having the same access to food as everyone else in the family. But as far as the other specifics and some of the things prosecutors described as torture, we didn't hear as much about that when it came from Anthony on the stand. The younger brother, is he full biological sibling to the victim and whose care is he in now? Yeah. So the sibling of the victim is also with the biological mother's family. He is also the biological son of Anthony Dangle and their mother, Lisa Dangle, who again died in 2016. So my understanding, according to Lisa's family, is that the sibling is also in their care. I don't know that he has been formally adopted at this point in time, but he also has been with them. And so prosecutors have expressed that both of those children are in a safe place at this point in time. Was he subjected to the same torture, allegedly? That was another big question, right? We couldn't understand why there was only one of these two two siblings who had been 
abused in this case, according to the prosecution. And they did look into it. We know that there was two different police departments in our area who investigated this and detectives on both sides said they very much investigated to see if they could find any evidence that the younger sibling was abused. And during the trial, there was some mention that there were times that that younger sibling was disciplined in similar manners, but never it never rose to the level of the victim in this case. So it sounds like, according to the prosecutors and the detectives, that the younger sibling was not abused or tortured, at least not in this way, at least not to the point where they could bring charges. So how has the Hamilton community reacted? You know, they've learned of these horrific crimes and allegations in their community. And also, to your point earlier, that allegedly it was at the hands of first responders, those that they trusted to care for and protect the community. And now, given the results of the trial, what are you hearing? I think with any case we have here related to allegations of child abuse and torture, the community is outraged. And we saw that. I mean, when we first started covering this case at the very beginning, even just on social media, people were commenting very, very angry and upset that this now former fire lieutenant and his wife would also worked at this fire department could have been involved in something this horrific. And again, they even came together and started this petition where they actually were asking the fire department and the trustees in that community to have Anthony Dangle removed from his position, which he ultimately was. And so we did see the community come together in that way to rally together because they wanted to see these people held accountable. And I know, too, that a lot of people have given some support to the family as much as they can, just expressing how sorry they are for what the victim went through, but how happy they are now to know that he essentially has this second chance at a different life and that he's going to have an opportunity to be loved and actually get to enjoy being a child. And one thing I do want to mention, Emily, is that we had heard from the biological mother's family, again, the ones who are now taking care of the victim, that one of the things he was happiest about when he got to live with his new family was just the ability to go outside and play baseball with his brother and the neighbor's kids. I mean, that is just when you hear that, it breaks your heart to know that just to be able to go outside and play baseball was something that meant the world to him. And it really gives you insight into what he went through and really gives perspective on why the community was so outraged about this case. Jessica, this case indeed is heartbreaking. I'm so grateful for your coverage, for joining us today and for keeping us apprised on all the developments, including after sentencing. So thank you again so much. Yeah, Emily, thanks so much for having me. To hear more stories like this, you can listen to our past episodes on the Fox True Crime Podcast. Go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts to listen and subscribe. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. If you have a story or topic you want to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at truecrimepodcast at fox.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.